Our gospel lesson is another story of call. It comes from the first chapter of John, beginning with the 43rd verse. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and of Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So right before Christmas, I was standing in line at Michael's, and there I saw it in the clearance bin for $6.99, a gaudy, bright blue and green calendar date book. I had just accepted uh, the, the call to be your stated supply associate pastor for 2016, and I thought, that's what I need. I need a calendar. I need some organization. I need a fresh start. And I bought it on the spot. When I got it home, I kind of thumbed through all of those blank white spaces, right? 365 little spaces of potential and possibility. Don't you just love that about a new calendar? All the blank spaces? And then... I turned to January 5th, 2016, and I wrote in the blank space, first day in the office. And on January 5th, I brought that calendar with me, brought it to my office, sat it on my desk, and immediately started my Google calendar, right? Because that much, makes much more sense. It's portable, it, you know, shareable, all that good stuff. In fact, I haven't written on a single blank spot in that calendar since. But it still sits on my desk in my office here. It sits there reminding me of that moment in Michael's when I first picked it up, when I felt so poised and ready for a new job and a new life and a new year, on my mark and ready to go. On the mark. Honestly, as my family and I have transitioned over the last few years, I've come to recognize the importance of that posture, the faithfulness of that posture. In fact, I believe that being on the mark and ready to go, one of the callings, one of our callings as disciples of Jesus, one of our callings as the church. Little Samuel in our Old Testament lesson, he laid in the temple right there on his mark, ready to go. As soon as he heard his name, he would jump up. He had no idea who was calling or what was happening, but he was on his mark. He was ready to go. 
And in the first chapter of John's gospel, every character introduced, first John the Baptist, then Andrew, then Peter, and then Philip and Nathaniel from our text this morning, every one of them when introduced stand on their mark, ready for God's movement, for God's activity. So this morning, as I begin my 12th day as your associate pastor, as this church begins a new year, as you and your family begin a new year, let's explore together what it might mean to be on our mark and ready, ready for God to call us and lead us and guide us in this year ahead. I have a daughter named Rachel. She's 24 now, but in high school, she was a high-level competition dancer, one of the best in the state. So you know how Al and I spent our Saturdays, don't you? We spent our Saturday in gyms all over the state of Texas in dance competitions. Now, it's not unusual in a dance competition for 150 different dancers to all perform on one dance floor in the course of a single morning. So for that to happen, things have to be very well organized. In fact, as the dancer comes and takes the floor, the announcer is busy announcing the next two or three dancers so that they get on deck, so that they get in line and ready to go. And the dancer who is about to perform walks onto the floor and takes her mark, which is really just the pose that is going to be her springboard for her dance. She takes her mark, she looks at the judge's table, she nods, and she bows her head, and then remains perfectly still. In a matter of seconds, the announcer will say these words, Rachel Krumenacher, or whoever it might be, on your mark, get ready, your music is on. And the whole gym hushes. The dancer never moves, and everyone waits for that first strain of music to coming over the loudspeaker, knowing that when the music sounds, the dance will begin. On your mark, ready, your music is on. Years of watching those young dancers taught me to appreciate that moment, the practice and the discipline represented there. The experienced dancer remains motionless, limbs just suspended in midair, limbs suspended there while waiting for the music to begin and all that energy and skill to come bursting out on their mark and ready to go. I want to suggest that Philip and Nathaniel are in a similar posture in our gospel text this morning. Philip, we are told, is from the same town as Andrew and Peter, so he most likely heard of Jesus from them, which means he also heard what John the Baptist told Andrew. Behold, there Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Philip knew the sound of God's promises in both the Torah and in the prophets, he was waiting with all of faithful Israel for the Messiah, the Son of God, to step onto the world stage and to begin a dance of redemption. God's people longed for that dance to begin. The world ached for that dance to begin, for an era of peace and hope and justice. 
So on that day, when Jesus went through Galilee, Philip stood on his mark, straining to hear heaven's music, ready to follow Jesus into God's dance. Follow me, says Jesus. And all Philip needs is that first note. Off he goes. Philip then finds Nathanael. He says, come and see. We found him. We found that one described in Torah and the prophets. He's Jesus from Nazareth. Now, Nathanael is from Bethsaida. It's a rival town of Nazareth. So, of course, he's a little doubtful that such a one is going to come from such a backwater place. But just as Philip stood on his mark and waited for the sound of God's grace, Nathanael stands ready as well. Scripture hints that he had spent some time under a fig tree. What's that all about? Well, the fig tree in Scripture is a place of study, a place to meet God, a place of prayer. We don't know what happened to Nathaniel under that fig tree, but whatever happened, Nathaniel knew God's song of salvation. And when he meets Jesus, he exclaims, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Yeah, Philip and Nathaniel are found by Jesus to be on their mark, ready to go. And the adventure of discipleship begins. On your mark, ready. This, my friends, is the posture of faith. This is the posture of each of us who would wait to be called by God into life larger than our own plans. So it really matters. It matters how we take our mark. And we absolutely must be ready to hear God's call, to be ready to dance when that music of grace begins in every moment in every place. Now let me say clearly, we don't control God's call. We don't stop and start the music of our spiritual journey. No, that is God's place. But we can learn to recognize or distinguish God's call from other things. Let me tell you one last strange thing about these dance competitions. Every now and then, because there are hundreds of recorded songs on dozens of CDs, the judges play the wrong song. It happens in every competition, and it's usually a disaster because inexperienced dancers just fall apart when this happens. And it's in these moments in a dance competition that the most advanced, the most disciplined, and the experienced dancers shine. If such a dancer takes the floor and is on her mark and a song begins and it's not the right song, she won't move a muscle. She will just stay on her mark with her head bowed as if to say, you're not playing my music. And the judges figure it out very quickly. Quickly they stop the music and soon you'll hear the announcement come again. Rachel Krumenacher. On your mark, get ready, your music is on again. <laughs> after hundreds of practices, after dozens of performances, a highly skilled dancer needs no more than the opening note to identify her song. 
discipline and practice and muscle memory, they move the body after a single downbeat when the correct music begins. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the way I want to respond to God's call in my life. You see, we're meant to move with the Spirit of God like that. The church was meant to move with the Spirit of God like that. Now, I've had plenty of time to think about these things in the last year. Funny how when you find yourself in a big transition, God's call and the movement of God's Spirit become really important issues, don't they? I began to interview for a call almost a year ago now. And then six months ago, I left my previous church, the church I loved, the people, the ministry I loved, to move here to Austin. Austin, with no job, with no call to be anyone's pastor, with just a clear understanding that I needed to be here with my husband. Al Krumenacher. Some of you might know him. (laughs) Six months went by. That doesn't sound like a long time, but it, it can be a long time. I talked to a few churches. I took some part time jobs. And a couple of things happened to me during those months as I stood on my mark month after month after month, things I want to share with you. And the first is this. During these months, I became acutely aware of my desire to be called to something really big, really special, really important, and of course, very secure, right? And of course, none of that happened month after month after month. A lesson in humility to be sure, but more importantly, it was a lesson in how such desires can drown out the sound of God's call. Philosopher Dallas Willard says it this way, I fear that many people seek to hear God solely as a device for obtaining their own safety their own comfort, their own sense of being righteous or important. For those who busy themselves to know the will of God, however, it is still true that those who will save their life will lose it. When I calmed my fears, when I stayed on my mark, listening for God's call, all kind of opportunities opened up for me to give of myself. As a hospital chaplain at Austin Heart Hospital, as a minimum wage worker at a health club, where I actually served many of you. Yes, I was the front desk lady at Lifetime Fitness. A place where you can learn to be gracious and hospitable over and over again. I found opportunities to give of myself as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend, as a mother. And I didn't need a secure job or an important position in a church to be used by God or to dance with God's spirit. And I will forever be grateful for that lesson. Thanks be to God. 
And another thing happened to me as I stood on my mark month after month. I was tempted to dance to the wrong music. I was tempted to take calls that were not a fit, calls that would have used part of who I am or would demand a little of my giftedness, but not encompass my whole unique and quirky set of gifts. Honestly, I was about to take a job just like that three weeks ago. When this guy I'd never met named Mark Ramsey called me, not like God calls, but with a phone, called me. And it seems that Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church had a very unique and quirky need. And guess what? It matched my unique, quirky skills. Like a dancer who'd been waiting on her mark, I knew my music was on, and I knew it was time to join you in God's dance in this place. And I am grateful for the opportunity, and I'm grateful to dance here as long as the music plays. This is an exciting time in the life of Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. It is a new day and the beginning of a new chapter in your life as a congregation with a new senior pastor. And so it is more important than ever for you to be on your mark, for us to be on our mark, to be poised, to be ready. And as the future unfolds, as we faithfully listen for God's plan and discern together what we're called to do, there are a couple of things I can guarantee you about that call. The first is that I can guarantee that whatever God has in store for us, it is not going to look like our past. It never does. I can also guarantee that whatever God has in store, it will not necessarily look like our agendas and our plans. And I can certainly guarantee that it won't have anything to do with making Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church more important or more grand Whatever that call will be that we will discern together, it will be about giving ourselves away. That I know. And it will be about our unique and quirky set of resources and abilities being used by God to impact our little part of the kingdom in a way no other church can do. Friends, God's music is always on. It's always playing. It's always calling us to the dance of faith. So stay on your mark. Don't let your needs and plans drown out the sweet sound of God's call. And don't despise the little things, the unique things that God needs you and only you to be a part of. Don't miss that catch in the voice or that sigh coming from a loved one that no one else can hear and no one else can respond to. Don't miss that human need right in front of you, that opportunity to make a difference, to lose yourself, to give yourself away a little. And most importantly, don't dance to anything less than God's intention and God's design. Be on your mark and ready 
I promise this is a dance you won't want to miss. Amen.